Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 70. Uh, I, I think we sh the podcast should at least be paying dues to AARP or, or something. Did we get Social Security yet? I think we're way past due. Something's not right. But anyway, our, our skill topic for the week is pyrography, which was recommended from Paul last week, our guest. And we were like, we like fire. Sure. Let's talk about that. Uh, Tom, what skill class mm -hmm. is pyrography? Uh, it's about a four, 451 uh, Fahrenheit. Is that, is that the flash point of paper or wood or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, moving right along, uh, Tanda, what kind of research did you do on pyrography? I looked up um, 10 famous arsonists and why. Oh. And do so, tell. Uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, appropriate because, you know, pyro, of course, means fire and graphy means, you know, like the study of. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. so, uh, yeah, John, John Orr is listed as number one. And he, John Orr was a former fire captain and arson investigator for the Glendale Fire Department in Southern California. And, to huh. much surprise, a serial arsonist. And it goes on That's to awesome. talk about him. So during the 80s and 90s, there were a series of fires around Los Angeles that were unsolved, and it turned out to be him. Um, Paul Keller, one of the most notorious arsonists in American history, Seattle man is responsible for at least 70 fires and three deaths in and around the Seattle area during the 80s and 90s with unsolved Jeez. cases popping up in recent years. That's true commitment because Seattle is a very wet place. Hard yeah. to start fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had his work cut out for him. Mm -hmm. Julio Gonzalez, a Cuban immigrant, was responsible for setting fire to the Happy Land nightclub in the Bronx, New York, which killed 87 people. Wow. Um, and there's a whole paragraph on each of these people. But uh, uh, Mark Thompson, in 2002... Uh, a Chicago investment executive intentionally set fire to his two-story home to collect $730,000 in insurance money. Thompson, who was apparently short on money to support his high-profile lifestyle, used his 90-year-old mother to make it appear like she had set the fire to kill herself. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, Earth Liberation Front, ELF, and their logo is like an elf with a musket. Well, with a cork in the end of the musket. Known for using fire to spread their message against exploitation and destruction of the environment. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> nothing like a little fire to... Yeah. Eco-terrorist group named ELF has caused mm. millions of dollars in damage by setting fires around the world. They caused $12 million in damage at, in Vail, Colorado by setting fire to part of a ski resort. Yeah, because that's, that's environmentally friendly. Yeah. He must have done that in the summertime, though. Terry Barton. A love letter went terribly wrong in the 2002 case of Terry Barton, a former U.S. Forest Service worker who burned a letter from her estranged husband, which caused a massive wildfire and burned 138,000 acres oh. outside, outside of Denver. She's definitely and, divorced. 
and destroyed more than 100 homes. I, I got to say, Tanda, out of yeah. all of the research you've ever done, this is the cheeriest bunch. Yeah, nothing but, yeah. nothing but feel-good stories. As I'm reading through it, 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 it's a little bit glum. But uh, I thought it was interesting because uh, they were pyros who were, uh, and, you know, pyrography being the study of fire. Um, and the last one on the list is David Berkowitz, who was also known as the son of Sam, was a serial killer who was responsible for killing six people, et cetera, et cetera. And he's most infamously remembered. Um, I shouldn't read these. This is depressing. I should let Tom go. He probably has something really, really more jovial to say. Tom, give us your jovial research. Yeah, I, uh, I did similar research, Tanda. Um, you know, a little, little different slant. I did pyrography. Um, sorry for the stutter there, but, um, these are 10 famous pirates in history. I'm, I'm glad uh, so we, we didn't we double up. To... I'm glad we had the same idea and yeah. didn't double up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, for instance, number one is Henry Morgan. He's most famous for his attacks on Spanish ships and plundering of towns, including the likes of Porter, uh, Puerto Principe. Yeah, Puerto Principe, a Spanish town that had to be completely rebuilt after Morgan and his men were done with it. Uh, I'll skip a few here, but Henry Every uh, is another one. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, Tom, sidebar? Mostly, mostly yeah. Yep. Sidebar? Um, yeah, I'm here. You, you think, I hit the button. You, you think PJ knows that uh, that we randomly just pop up a website the instant he calls on us and start to start reading from it? Is it? Yeah, as, as, you, long as, as soon as you started reading 10 famous uh, pyros, I, I thought pirates and... And Googled you Googled pirates and like literally as you were I don't, saying, it. I don't think I went, anybody, oh, I don't idea. think anybody knows though. I think everybody's pretty sure that we spend weeks researching. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I'm literally skimming and reading as I go. And I do, a, I gotta say I do a pretty good job. I usually do a better job than I did today. That's kind of what made me think of it. So. I think you did all right. I think you did all right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. as long as, as no, long as well PJ done. doesn't catch on, I think we're okay. I think so too. Okay, now, go, he's pretty dense. Yeah, he, we'll be fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Oh, oh there he is. There he is. We should get back to the show. Carry on with your pirates. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, but he's most famously known for this is Henry Avery. Uh, he never being caught alive. So uh, they they killed him. Is kind of they caught they him were. dead. Yes. Do you know Blackbeard's real name? Do you know that it's not that hard to catch a dead person? They don't move. I don't think that's the chain of events, but you're right. You're right. Uh, Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard, one of the most famous pirates in the world. Uh, <clears throat> he was uh, he was known for his notorious pirate ways, and this article does not elaborate on that whatsoever. <laughs> as, as most pirates are. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't be known as pirates. <laughs> Famous for his loots, he took whatever he could. His piracy career—they're just describing pirate, which maybe he was the first guy that they're like. That's when you look up pirate in the dictionary, you see Edward Teach's picture. Hey Tom, but that's yeah, I'm here. Were were so, any of the pirates well known for their singing voice? Uh, no, but I imagine there is. There are a couple females on here, 
And we're just going to stereotype and say that female pirates know how to sing, because that would make the most sense in my head. Uh, Annie Bonnie and Mary Reed, they lumped them together, because apparently they can't stand <clears throat> alone. But they both found their way into the... Oh, it's very sexist, I'm sorry. Maybe they were sisters. Uh, they both... Oh, that could be. This could be innocent. You're right. Um, they both found their way into the pirate crew of Calico Jack, who I skipped, but uh, Calico Jack. And um, um, they but left but left when the ship and its captain were finally captured. Uh, legend believes that Annie and Captain Jack were in a romantic relationship. Even friendship, uh, even friendship between Annie and Mary is believed to lurk on the verge of something more. Interesting. I like how they just, like, they can't talk about females, even in the setting of pirates, without talking about romance. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm good. That's it. I'm not gonna read all ten. I'm not even gonna read four. So. I've got, I've got something for you, Tom. I'm just trying to find it here so that I can kind of corroborate my story. Um, But it has Mm -hmm. to, oh, I just found it. Okay. So, um, this is about female pirates. At the moment their opponent lay dying, piratical women would expose their breasts to show the enemies they had been vanquished by a woman. And there, oop. That's, that's there, actually... There is, there's the picture. It's, it's, there you go. There's the woman. Yeah. That's, there's a guy on the ground and she's like, look at my boob. Now die. That's, that's what they did. That's actually kind of bad. Yeah. That. They're like, that's kind of that's kind of empowering. I'll be honest. Right. I'd feel shame, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> moving right along, uh, I did research on pyrography superstitions. Pyrography. Yeah. What's yeah. what's pyrography? Oh. Oh, pyrography. Yeah. yeah oh, that's the, like the wood burning, oh, the wood burning stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Should we restart this episode, or are we okay? Here? Yeah, count us in, Tom. No, I think that you guys feel <laughs> silly, and I'm just going to keep going. Two Mississippi. Yeah, nobody knows about <laughs> Three the Mississippi's unless they've been on the show. <laughs> that's why it's funny to talk about it without them knowing why we're doing it. Uh, so uh, I couldn't find any, but I did find fire superstitions. So that's what I, I that's what I'm going to talk about. I got a list of very short but it's it's uh dreaming of fire is bad luck or portends sickness or an argument. Whatever whatever that oh. means. Um there's that. Uh dream of flame out of season, you will be angry without a reason. Is, there's a that. flame there's there's flame out of season? Like there's a season to have flames and I, I don't know. Is that like forest fire season? I don't know what season is flaming. I don't know. That's I don't I don't know. Um, in Japan, adults tell children that if they play with fire, they'll wet the bed. I don't see the correlation. I think you'll burn your hand. That too. That too. Yeah, I, I probably don't would have led with that. Play. If you if you play with fire in the bed. Then it's probably a good idea Were to they wet the bed. Shaming them not to burn themselves? Like, is burning themselves not the punishment? But wetting your bed—it's typical the Japanese efficiency. They're they're keeping them from playing with fire and and making them feel like they shouldn't be wetting the bed, all in one expression. 
Well, right, but how do you explain how do you explain that to a kid that's a bedwetter? Okay, with if, matches if, and doesn't play with fire. If the bed is wet and you're playing with matches in bed, you don't have to worry about setting the bed on fire because it's already wet. It'll neutralize. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm going with this. So play with matches in bed. That's yeah. Yeah. only what's only that, if you're a bedwetter. What's bed that wetter, smell? Uh, matches. <laughs> oh, it's burning pee. Okay, uh, in Pennsylvania, during the Revolutionary War, people believed that if a cat sat with its back to a fire, it meant a long, hard winter. However, in other places, a cat sitting with its back to the fire predicted a storm. I, I don't That's know. That's kind of I the not... same thing, right? Like a storm and a long, hard winter? That's kind of what a series well, of storms it, it, is. You can have a storm in the summertime. You know, or the spring. Yeah, it doesn't have to be winter. You know, it could be a thunderstorm. Yeah, maybe the cat is out. cold. You know, the cat's yeah, maybe its butt is just cold. Could be a cold on butt. Fire. His cat, back's just you know, always to the fire. Cat butt is a big thing. It's a problem. You know, people need to be aware. Uh, there are mm. many superstitions about throwing things into fire. Throwing spilt salt into a fire can prevent tears of sadness. Oh, boohoo on that one. Uh, in Japan, some people believe throwing persimmon stones into a fire could cause them to contract leprosy. We were we were kind of pyros growing up, and we used to kind of mix up uh, a little bit of gas and, and dirt and, like, light it on fire and fling it from shovels and stuff. And uh, one of the neighbor kids who, you know, was not being as safe, as we were, of course, uh, threw a whole can of it on a fire. <laughs> And that was something you shouldn't shouldn't throw in a fire because it turns out it prevents eyebrows. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't don't throw fire on top of more fire. That's definitely bad. That no, I, not a good idea to yeah. throw gas on a fire. Probably not. Probably not. That's that's time tested. Okay. Uh, some superstitions have to do with fireplaces. A fire roaring up a chimney may predict an argument or a storm. I don't understand how those two things are connected. That's that's not even like a thing. Well, if you forget uh, to clean the chimney and set it on fire, that, that could result in an argument. Y yeah, but how is it an argument or a storm? So you're either going to have a tussle with your wife or there's going to be a thunderstorm. Or you're going to argue about the weather. That I'd believe. If it said that you were going to have an argument about the weather, that would make sense. Because it's dumb. Mm. But know. it's or. But it's or. Yeah. The or is oh, what gets me. I don't understand. It's not a yeah. typo either. They spelled it out. Uh, sparks on the back oh, of the oh. chimney indicate important news. Hmm? Yeah. That's my thought exactly. <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't sparks get it. Sparks on the back of the chimney. Coal associated with fire brings good luck unless it's in your Christmas stocking. Mm. There that should sounds, be a follow-on mm. superstition. Like, if there's coal in your stocking, you should just throw it on a fire. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Now, this one, I don't believe whatsoever. Demons fear fire. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's where the demons come from, right? The mm -hmm. fiery depths of hell. What, what do you mean they fear fire? What are they down They're there shaking in their boots? From it. That's what it is. They're running away from the fiery depths of hell. 
Maybe that's, I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me. Uh, a swallow building its nest on your house protects you from fire and storms. Again with the storms. What is the correlation between storms and fire? Don't storms Lightning. normally cause fires? I think that's, Can. yeah, I don't know. Uh, to predict your future, pull out a few strands of your hair and set it on fire. A bright burn means a long life. Sputtering and smoldering forecast death. Or greasy hair. I'm going to go with greasy hair. But I think greasy hair might be more flammable, wouldn't it? It would burn longer and slower and softer. I haven't burned enough hair to confirm that, but um, but okay. Does it say anything about split ends? No, it doesn't. You'd think it would. That would be more flammable, I yeah. would think. Yeah, it's, defi yeah. it's definitely yeah. incomplete. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, more surface area for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. uh, last one here is, in Elizabethan times, people believed that sp spitting into a fire brought about good luck uh, or burned lips. Not, yeah. It's, uh, not if... <laughs> Not if your mouth is full of gasoline when you spit. Oh, that's definitely bad <laughs> yeah. luck. Yeah, definitely bad luck. Mouthful of mouthful of eyebrow remover. Uh, the only other thing I found, which I thought was kind of interesting and hard to pronounce, is the other word for pyrography is pyrogravure. Sure. Yeah. Like using using fire for your uh, graver, right? Like for yeah. carving with fire. Is that yes? Yes. What that means. That's exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to go with that. Howdy, y'all. It's time for the 3D Filament Fandango. Tom, are you okay? Yeah, I just took a nap in the uh, interlude there. Okay. Well, everybody, uh, we didn't have anything, uh, no deals. So we're back on the Filament Fandango, of course, our backup segment for deals. And I got some cool information that I figured out on my own. Well, on my own plus the internet. So I've had some problems with some things that I've printed whenever I have to print a raft. And for those of you that don't know what a raft is... It's a several layers thick sheet of plastic that is put down on the hotbed so that when you print on top of it, it sticks good. Like if you're printing something with delicate lines, a raft would be a good way to go. And I decided to resurrect something that I just gave up on because Tom beat me to the punch, the Delta Retirement Light that I, I, fully, mm. I fully designed last October, but Tom was printing them already and I was like, Nah, I don't feel like doing it. Because I tried to print one. Snooze and as you lose, bro. Yeah, it wouldn't print for me. But it will print with a raft. However, everything printed great except where it attached to the raft. It was like all spangly, and I couldn't understand why. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I've had this problem with other prints. And I'm like, i got to figure this out. So I did a little research, and basically what it said was, Go into Cura settings, the slicer settings, and turn on select all. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. Well, that gives you like 400 different settings at your fingertips to check and uncheck. And the thing that I needed was there is a thing on the raft on Cura called an air gap. 
and this is the space between the raft and where the print starts so that it doesn't you're not basically making it one solid piece it allows you to remove it from the raft well this cura defaults it at three millimeters and i'm like why why would you do that that's way too big of a gap so i reduced that gap to 1.5 millimeters and now it prints like nobody's business like you can't even tell there's anything wrong so if you're using cura go do that change the air gap uh, it, it only it only matters on the raft if you're printing with a brim or with uh, the other one I can't remember the name of the other thing uh, it doesn't matter because it's already on the hotbed but here's the cool thing I found and I've got I've got props to show Tanda and Tom look at these things so I found that there's another setting for supports in Cura called tree Mm -hmm. And tree mm -hmm. basically makes what I'm going to call a bug path uh, all or over the. It doesn't look like a tree to me at all. It looks like a bug path. It looks like if worms have eaten through mm -hmm. wood and you split or, it open, this is what it looks like. Or like yeah, you, like you took the trail of a doodle bug and yeah. then as your sketch and then extruded it up. Yeah, and this it not only does it look cool, but it uses way less filament. Uh, and, and so I've been using that now on all my prints and I like it. I like it a lot. So, uh, that's another benefit of turning on all of the, the options in Cura. You get all of these, these settings. Most of them you won't ever use, but things like this pop up, which I find really weird that this wouldn't be a, an available option by default when you install Cura, because you can select whether or not you want supports but it doesn't give you any other option until you turn on everything. Mm -hmm. So, so there's Maybe they that. want to keep the interface simplistic so that yeah, it's not overwhelming to new layers. new users or yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But Yeah, most of the, most of the slicers have different levels of um, accessibility for that reason. Cuz it is overwhelming if you have all the things lit up. Well, I just ignore the things that aren't important now to do, me. Now does that tree squiggle print uh, without stopping also is it faster because it does it just print the the fill in one squiggly line without like stopping and starting and making individual lines uh it it is there are individual lines um you can see if you can see here it the the inside part is one line mm -hmm. but the outside is a bunch of little dots so that's separate it 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 because like let's say you're printing a box so because it's no longer printing the support in the shape of a box it'll print a bunch of dots along the edge of whatever it is you're printing so that it has something to push against uh, as the hotbed is moving so that way it doesn't unseat itself um, hmm. at least that's that's my theory hmm. interesting so um, so there's that uh, I did I, I can show you guys, but uh, here's the two. You can't really tell. PJ's holding this, up a couple retirement uh, lights. Yeah. The one, you can kind of tell that the this one here, the bottom is sort of boogered up. A little bit you can tell. This this one is perfectly fine. Are those a little squatty? I mean, are they a little no. like shorter and fatter? Nope. Or is that just, I guess that's just kind of typical retirement light. This is the, the exact size. always sticks out the bottom. Yeah. And I, I ordered some... 
some light fixtures and some um, cables and stuff. And even if I don't sell any, I'll just put them on the things I'm selling. So there's cool. that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I have, which um, was th 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 this guy was on Facebook and he's like, hey, I need a Delta drill press badge. And I'm like, I can make you one. And he's like, okay. I'm like, which one do you need? And he sent me a picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can make that. So I make him this drill press badge right here, mm -hmm. which is about the size of a, I don't know, it's bigger than a silver dollar. It's two inches across. Mm -hmm. And I sent him a picture, and he goes, well, that doesn't look like metal. And I'm like, it's it's not metal. It's, it's PLA. It's 3D printed. Oh, I thought you were making it out of metal. Now, mind you, I quoted him 25 bucks. If you're getting one of these made out of metal, it's going to run you around $200 because that's what I was quoted when I asked for one made out of metal from King Tutley. So, yeah, I don't know. This guy was thinking something else. Anyway. Your, your, <clears throat> picture, your pictures, I mean, and the way your badges look, especially like you're holding them up, PJ's holding them up in front of the camera right now, and they – you know, they at a glance they look like they could be metal. If you don't, you know, if you're just looking at a picture, yeah, um, they they look really good. So I can I see mean, how yeah. someone seeing just a post on Instagram or something would think that it's actually a, you know, maybe a metalized plastic like uh, like a car emblem or something, instead of just being 3D printed because they look good. Well, thank you. Um, I have been meaning to make some of these for a while now. This guy just kind of spurred me on. So I'm like, don't worry about it, dude. I'll sell to somebody else. And then today, I, I this is almost a good prototype. I made one mistake, but now I have a bandsaw-sized emblem for a 14-inch bandsaw, which is roughly about double the size. I hadn't measured the diameter, but uh, it's the same exact thing, only bigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only problem was... Uh, I didn't I didn't emboss the a hole and the d hole, so uh, they're they're not they're not black in the d in I'm the sorry, delta. I, you cut out there. What did you say? I'm he not said, repeating he myself. He said uh, something about a boss and an a hole. Yeah. So in, in uh, it's fixed now, but I got to print another one. But um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, the only other news I have is that uh, I mailed out the oscillating spindle sander dust shroud that weird looking thing i've been talking about for weeks i sent that out to duran violins uh friday i think so hopefully well definitely by the time this podcast airs he should have it uh i'm, I'm dying to know if it fits properly because again i made this off of a broken part and i don't have a machine to test it on so i'm waiting to see what he says and that's all i got as far as 3d printing news Mm -hmm. that's pretty good i i learned a couple things this week that you know may may be interesting and and may also become as absolutely no surprise to anyone and one of them is even with sparse um infill as long as you have solid surrounding parts um that 3d prints work decent for pneumatic parts just for prototyping they hold air or vacuum better than i expected i thought they would be hmm. kind of porous for some reason i don't know why i thought that i think because of the surface texture but yeah. this device right here that i'm holding up i don't know if i can hold it up to the camera where you can see it but it's 
actually Looks a like vacuum a... suction cup for picking things up. And then mm. the oh, front cool. of it over here by where my finger's pointing is a gripper. So it's a combination. It can pick things up with vacuum from with suction cups, or it can also um, pick thing. It has a little gripper, so it pulls trays out of a machine with its gripper. It, it's on a robot arm, and it reaches out, and it uses a little gripper to grab a tray and slide it out to make it accessible. And then it uses the vacuum cups to pull things out of the tray and process them. Then it puts them back in the tray, and then it slides them back in with the little gripper. And the not surprising to anyone thing is that when your coworker heats up the little gripper ends that are printed in PLA to shrink wrap some stuff around them to make them grippy, they kind of uh -huh. sag down like a like a you know a cancerous bird beak, um, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you have to heat them back up and and press them against some kind of cold metal surface to make them square and and flat again because they look they look sad after your coworker tries to shrink wrap some uh, some some rubber on them. For those of you that are wondering, Tanda showed us a picture of something that looked like a microscope and a child's record player had a baby, and uh, that's that's basically what we were looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. But it's it's just a, it's like a little thing on the on the end of a robot arm to grab things and to with suction cups and to grab them with a a gripper all in about an inch tall area. And then the other thing I learned and this was because of I was um on an interview team um with a bunch of students um who were printing using 3D printers to print parts for RC, an RC airplane for, you know, a contest for the AIAA contest that colleges hold, but they were um, sticking monocoat to it. And I was interested if, you know, if that would work. So like if you've ever made model airplanes and you buy the kind of shrink plastic that sticks to the mm -hmm. typically balsa wood, and then you mm -hmm. shrink it, mm -hmm. they were printing parts out of, out of plastic but then coating them with monocoat. And so that's something I'm curious to go off and experiment with because I think it'd be interesting to 3D print really spindly, lightweight structures and then shrink monocoat around them to make them strong. Like a, yeah. might, might be interesting to try to make a, uh, like a blimp or something that you could fill with, uh, with helium, make a really light printed skeleton and then shrink monocoat around it and see if you could make a, I guess it would be a dirigible at that point. Um, my, the, so my, it those, just had my mind running with ideas. Those uh, monocoat uh, aircraft are incredibly light, Tanda. I think if you were to fill it with gas, it would just go straight up. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, there, I remember those as a kid. My dad used to take me to uh, airplane shows and RC airplane shows and stuff like that. And there would be the guys that were, like, off in the corner with those things, and basically, they look like airplanes that are made out of bubbles, like those gigantic bubbles that you see people make, and they just float all over the place. That's mm -hmm. what it looks like. It looks like somebody took an airplane flame, air, airplane frame, mm -hmm. and just dipped it in something, and it's got like this rainbowy sort of clear surface. And then they just like two fingers, they just release it into the air, and it just flies really oh, slow. Those. Really yeah, I've slow. seen those too, where they have the yeah, the, like the free flight contests, and they make them like almost out of like like you said, like you dip a frame in a plastic, like it would be a bubble that then cures hard. Yeah, 
It's it's yeah. super lightweight stuff. Um, but I'd be curious to see it. I think you should do it. Did you ever have any, this is like a bit of a tangent, but did you ever have any of the like bubble stuff when you were a kid that was like like a gooey substance in a tube and it was like mixed, like almost yes. kind of like a putty stuff in yes. a tube. Yes. And then you squished it out onto the end of like a stiff straw. You made and a you blow on it. it. Yeah. And you put it on the end of a straw and then you would blow it up and it made this like kind of plasticky skin. I did. That, that you could then pinch off and it was... It, yeah, that it was, was weird. it that was, was weird stuff. It was I can't, it it doesn't really have it doesn't have a comparison to anything else. It's it is sort of like a rubbery glue almost. It's but it's yeah, it's almost like you took uh, like contact adhesive and yes. rolled a ball of it and then blew a bubble with it. But the contact adhesive would be like more liquidy. But this this, this was it, firmer. This was a little, yeah, a little firmer, and it kind of had a. After you blew it, it kind of had a skin on it. Yeah, Tom's probably it was googling weird it now. stuff. I'd have no idea what that was called. It was it was probably just called like bubble in a tube or something like that. It was not like anything. Like bubble straw or something. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, and it was it what we're talking found, about. It, yeah, it's probably it, it's, it was some kind of toxic something. It's like a three or four inch. Like metal tube, like yeah, a, like, like, like a like a toothpaste like almost. A, yeah, or like you would get an oil-based paint or an acrylic paint in. It was like a tube like that, like a if kind you, of a little. If, if you remember the testers glue, testers glue from yeah, like the yeah, 80s, kind of that. that was in a metal tube. It was it had a hard tip like a finger. Uh -huh. That's the same exact thing. Yeah, with this and you stuff squeezed we're it out about. onto your little straw, in, yeah, and then blew blew bubbles with it. That was like an endless supply. Like that tube was so big, you you would really have to try. Like I never used one up. I probably still have one in a box somewhere. Yeah. No, that was that was that was interesting. But I, I'm you know inspired to go off and uh, see if you could kind of shrink monocoat onto a a spindly 3D printed frame. That would be interesting. Dan, I, I got a challenge for you because I was thinking about it when you were talking about it. You know how if you print, you probably could get away with two layers of filament. It's super thin, but it's like a paper. I think that you could take that and use that instead. Like if you could 3D print the parts with like two layers, two, like a two wall thickness, and then mm -hmm. build a frame with that. So like that's the skin that's covering the aircraft. I bet it would be light enough for you to just kind of do the exact same thing. Hmm. And and actually just print the the whole structure. Yeah. But it wouldn't yeah. be as light as monocoat because it just probably not. not yet. It, you couldn't print that thin, obviously. But yeah, no, that was that was interesting. I I spent most of my day sitting on the other side of a screen interviewing people from afar. But it's always fun to hear hear what people are doing out in the world. What about you, Tom? You got any 3D printing news? <clears throat> not new stuff. Um, and I was told I'm not allowed to talk about the frog, so whatever. Frog pod. But, um, I'm gonna bleep that other out. Thing not called the frog. Not the other thing. Not called the. I've been printing several pod. of them. I bought the gecko grabber. I bought a lot of magnets for this. I bought a lot of magnets for the not a frog pod. And I've been batching, or I've been, I've just been printing to get ahead. I want to print dozens. I'd like to send some to a few uh, influencers and um, friends that are willing to 
share and show. And then I'm going to do a Kickstarter and we're going to see how it goes. And if it's a complete failure, it's a complete failure, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited, but I'm deciding to do this during one of the busiest moments in my entire life <laughs> by moving. So we'll see how, we'll see how it turns out. Sorry, it'll be, it'll, it's, be, it'll be cool. It's, it's a cool idea and it'll be a neat experience. Yeah. The, uh, in case someone has been, you know, is kind of racking their brain cause they're like driving or somewhere where they can't Google it and they had the same experience that PJ and I had. It's whammo super elastic bubble plastic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Super elastic bubble plastic. Do they still make it, Tanda? Uh, I don't know. It's there's a there's a YouTube on it, a nostalgic toys, and actually the box marking says nostalgic toys, so maybe someone's remaking it. Oh yeah, they're definitely remaking it. It's probably you know where you know where it probably is. If it says it's nostalgic toy on it, it's, it's probably right being, next to the gurgling guts. It's it's in the Cracker Barrel front store where all the old timey stuff is, where they have could the be. old candies and the I old could, toys. I could, I could see it there. I bet I'm willing to bet you money that's where it is because they have a bunch of old timey stuff there that you can't get anywhere else. So, I I remembered one other thing um, that I kind of got a little excited about yesterday because I ordered it. Uh, if you've heard me talk enough about the colored filaments, I've been very dissatisfied with the selection of red filament. It all looks to me like coral or some sort of a peach color. It doesn't look like red. The glass red looks like red. But anyway, I've been trying to find alternate red colors. And I, I don't know if they just showed up on Amazon or if I wasn't searching. In, I don't know. I found two colors that didn't I couldn't find before. Every other time I've searched for red, I found a fire engine red from some brand I don't know, and then I found a iron red. And both of them are two different colors, but they're both darker than what I'm currently using. And so they're on order. And I was also very dissatisfied with the gold that I've been using, which I found somebody's description, which fits it perfectly. Looks like butterscotch. That's mm. that's exactly what it doesn't taste like it, but it looks oh. like it. Um, I went on a deep dive looking for. Have you licked it? I did, of Are course. I, I lick everything. I, okay. you know, I lick all my prints. That's how I know they're done. So I found uh, several golds that actually look gold, and the ones that were the goldest of which there were three, all three of them had identical reviews. All of them said, this looks great, but it clogs. And then there's other people that say, it's never clogged on me at all, and it looks great. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the one thing that seemed to be a common thread is, even though it's PLA, apparently the gold likes to print at a much higher temperature. Uh, some people, basically it's ranging from between 205 to 215. So that's going to take a little experimentation. But I ordered another gold. So mm. that's uh, that's on the way. So that's it. That's, that's all I got. I forgot about those things. I bet you're fixing to find your own friend angle, ain't you? All right. 
It's time for personal history. Tom, what is your personal history with pyrography? And if you say pirates again, I swear to God. I don't know. Um, we had a kit as a kid. What year? What year was I a kid? I don't know. <laughs> there was just Six, that one seven, year when Tom was a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a Thursday, and it was a great day. And we had a we had a pyrography kit, wood burning kit with a little wood burning wand thing. What do they call that? It's not a soldering iron. It's a. Uh, it's a burner. Wood burning. Burner? The burner. I don't, I don't know. For it. I don't have it now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. No, I don't know either. Um, and I don't, we didn't do I don't know. We didn't really do anything. I feel like we probably wrote our names in wood terribly. Like, I couldn't even write my name with a pen. So, I don't know how much, how well I did with, with the, the wood burning thing. Um, I remember it. I think it's, I think people do amazing work with it. I think it's cool. But I feel like it's... Like I'm not great with a with a pen, so pyrography. Like you, if you're good with a pen, you probably could figure out the the wood burning wand thing. Mm, mm. But I'm not that guy. I want to be. I'm not saying I, I like. I just I never practice drawing. Yeah, never. Tom's a slacker. Everybody. That's basically what he's trying to say. That's okay. Well, that's yeah. okay. I mean, we can let him off the hook because yeah. if he was only a kid for a day. It's- you have to cram a lot in. Yeah. It was yeah. a long day. It was a long day. That's true. Then that, right after the next day, he got a full-time job. So right, we understand. Mm-hmm. It was between jobs. That's mm-hmm. why I was a kid for a day. What about you, Tanda? Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of nostalgic things, I just looked it up because I was on a similar site. And I had this, you know, one of the wood-burning kits. And I don't remember doing – I don't remember really – Kind of uncharacteristically, I don't remember doing a lot of, like, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, it had the kit, and the kit kind of had this kind of pinkish, reddish ink or something, kind of pad printed on it, To then you just followed the lines. I mean, it, it already had the design, and then you just oh. burned over the design. And And we did some where we just, like Tom said, just wrote our names or something, but I don't remember trying to make a make a picture or making my own design. I do remember, um, it was a burn by numbers. It was, yeah, it was kind of a burn by numbers, but it, you know, you only have one color, so they didn't even bother with the numbers. Yeah. One (laughs) burn the areas marked one. Um, but yeah, so I certainly did that. And then I remember, um, like sitting with a magnifying glass for hours and just like looking up and just seeing a spot because I had sat there so long with a magnifying glass. And I remember um, sitting there with a magnifying glass um, doing my own, um, like, kind of like stippling, but with a magnifying glass on wood. So kind of making my own little sketch and then going in and and burning bigger spots and smaller spots and and little lines and stuff. and then, you know, because I've been staring at this little spot for so long, being, uh, you know, <laughs> having to remember to look up every once in a while. You were a um, patient kid. I was, well, I, I had I had much alone time as a kid, so I entertained myself. But mm. that's kind of the only thing I really remember. And I don't, uh, I haven't really done any um, 
I don't even think I have a tool for it anymore. I mean, unless I just used one of my soldering irons with a with a random tip in it, but that's not really the same same thing. Wouldn't work well. Hmm. Hmm. I see. So that's that's my history with it and yours. So no no history at all as a kid with it when you know the only things i burned as a kid like were completely black by the time i was done with them there was no imagery at all so um so that that didn't count but uh as shushugi bon yes it was shushugi bon coals that's what i was making <laughs> and uh, and as an as as now as an adult there was a point about four years ago where I was going to Michael's and they were having these great deals where they would send you like 50% off coupons and 60% off coupons. And I'm like, you can't waste those coupons. Like when you get one, you got to buy something because I would, I'm the guy that will go into Michael's and buy one thing because that coupon is good for one thing. It's not good for a whole purchase. And they had a kit in there. They had a wood burning kit in a plastic case and it's the kind that has several tips and it looks like a soldering iron and it might have had like a couple other things mixed in there. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I don't know, $20 and I had like a 50% off and I'm like, yeah, yeah, 10 bucks. This sounds like a good deal. And I got it. I took it back to the workshop and I put it in a drawer and I don't think it's ever come out of that drawer for four years. Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where the only wood burning I've done was when I made those boxes, the wood boxes about three years ago, maybe longer. And I, I had made my logo that I could burn into it. But then the logo was just a shape. So in order to put like the date in, I had to burn the date in, but I'm pretty sure I used a soldering iron. I don't even think I got the other thing that I actually bought for it out. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But uh, I, I, I used something to burn a date into the boxes. That's, that's all I remember. I didn't do any pictures. But the thing that kind of stopped me from doing anything was right after I bought that kit, I saw somebody else using, and I don't know the name for it, but there is a pyrography burner that looks like it, it, it looks like one of the double barrel Weller soldering irons, but the tip is like glowing lava orange. And it's like you just kind of just have to gently scrape it on the wood and it'll it'll burn it, you know, like it'll give mm. it like a little toasting, you know. And the one that's that's like a regular soldering iron, you have to sit there and press into it, you know, like it's just like it's there's there's no control. It's like you plug it in and it's on. But this other one had its own little power station with a dial. You could dial in the temperature. You know, you had different tips you could put on that give you different profiles. And I'm like, man, that one looks fancy. The one I have is complete garbage. I don't want to use this. <laughs> it was fine until there was a comparison, but now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. And uh, they didn't sell the nice one. They only sold the garbage one, you know. So, And I, I never looked into finding one, you know. So I never did anything. That that was it. That's the the most I've done is just burning my logo into things with the little stamp that I made. That's all I got. I think this sure is the, the this is the shortest personal history we've ever had. 
Well, that's what that's what happens when we let our guests pick a skill, and we're like, well, I've right. never I've never done that. <laughs> let's let's go with it. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hello, this is Chet down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you a pyrographer and you have trouble with whatever it is you're making an image on catching fire? Well, here at Johnson's, we have just the thing for you. Introducing Johnson's Flame Flinger. That's right. This state-of-the-art workstation mounts directly to your workbench. You simply mount the wood into the station, and if it should ever catch fire, all you do is flip the release lever, and it will instantly fling your work across the workshop, spinning rapidly, which will put out the flames, hopefully. We must warn you, once activated, you must buy a replacement cartridge for the Johnson's Flame Flinger. It comes with a custom rapid cartridge release system, or RECUS, as we like to call it here, which is available at every Johnson's hardware worldwide. Please aim the Flame Flinger at a non-flammable area of the shop. Do not use on small children. May cause impotence. Pick up your Johnson's Flame Flinger for only $29.95 in our Flinger aisle. Replacement cartridges are only $79.62. Please contact Contact us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right. It's time for crossbreeding. Tom, what skill goes well with pyrography? I already said it. Did you hear it? No. Did you hear it before? No. Drawing. Drawing goes well with pyrography. Yes. I can't. I still can't say it, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, drawing. I, I think uh, if you have a skilled, if you are skilled in the arts of drawing, and uh, I mean drawing is it's not it's not the tool. Drawing is not the tool. Drawing is the ability to create shapes the way that they are intended to be made, and whether that resembles nature or resembles other things. The tool uh, you can you can pick up a marker, you can pick up a paintbrush. Nah, paintbrush is a little bit different, but still similar, and. Um, you could have at it. And I don't have those skills. I really don't. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'll be all right. But I'm going with drawing. All right. We will accept that, Tom. Moving on to Tanda. What skill goes well with pyrography? Mm, I think patience. I don't think pyrography is the f- most rapid way to get your get your ideas down on onto your media. So... Patience is a virtue, as I've reminded you about 87 times, Tanda. It's not a oh, skill. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I think I'm it's sorry. something you it's do by yourself. I don't think you need patience to do. Uh, you don't need a room full of patience. That's true. It's oh, this not is in the not, medical field. This is not like tattooing? No. Right. No. Right, right. You just, it's just you. So. Oh, that's probably why my clients are now patients. Probably, yes. Uh, I, I confused them. Oh, and I'm and I'm sorry. It's uh, I meant to say patiencing. Yeah, patiencing. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer, Tanda. PJ's about to talk. Sidebar. Yeah. Tanda. I like that you. I didn't say your name. You just knew it was you. Uh, I like calling sidebars for no true reason, but uh, patiencing is a skill. I don't care what he says. And uh, he better have a good reason why it's not. Otherwise, uh, I think we should both just quit. I mean, we try and quit every week, but like this time, let's really 
try and quit. I, I, I would. I just don't have the patience for it. That's so. true. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, it's a virtue. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, no, no it's back. not. It's, PJ. it's a skill. Skill. I'm tired. I don't feel like arguing about it anymore. <laughs> just we so, win. Just we dumb, did it. Dumb, we did done. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. PJ. What? PJ, what goes well with reading? I mean, uh, Design. what are we talking about today? Design. What? What goes? What pairs well with design? Design? Yeah. Uh, don't say pyrography. Coloring. Coloring goes well with design. All right. Yeah. I'll accept that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. We, 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 we did design last week. Do you, do you remember that episode where we just gave up? Isn't that every episode? <laughs> this yeah. one. This, this one. We just, I think we just quit. Some people uh, think we take we a week quit. off. <laughs> Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Uh, my my answer for pyrography anyway. is firefighting. That's that's the skill that goes well. What? Yeah. If you're doing that's the a job, that's not a skill. Oh, that's, I yeah, I, I think career. there's some some firefighters that would disagree. I know some firefighters. Yeah. And uh, I'm friends with firefighters. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> Tech Ed Fireman doesn't listen to this, right? He's too busy. And Paul Jackman shared uh, he does making listen. funds post. What? What's that? I, I just popped up on my screen. Shared what post? Uh, making making fun. fun. Oh. Like, Dude, it is trending. Yeah. I'm like Yeah, top ten. It's fantastic. I've watched a few it's, episodes. It's such a good show. Yeah. I'm, it's so good. I'm like four or five episodes in. I gotta, I gotta finish it up soon. So I'm yeah. liking it. I'm liking it a lot. I, I so good. I gotta say, I gotta say, and I'm not spoiling it for anybody. Pat Lap has the best one-liners in the show. This is, is <laughs> there's there. If you if you watch the first two episodes, you see there's one point where he just looks right at the camera and he goes, "We gotta die." <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I just lost it. I was like, "That's the best." We gotta die. They really like. They really developed. Like each of them became a character, which is what TV does to you. But they're still who they are. Like we all know them for who they are, and they just kind of amplified a couple of things about them. You know, that's TV. That's how TV production works. Yeah, of course, it's TV. Yeah. But like, they're really. They really are them. They just. They just asked to, you know, amplify a couple of aspects of them, you know, which is great. It's so good. 100%. This was made on the fly. I hope you like it. So I think that it's time we tell everybody the story about how we, how should I even phrase this? We didn't discover this process, but we pioneered river tree production, epoxy oh, river tree man. production. The river tree, so yeah. much resin. Yeah, this is going to be controversial because everybody thinks they claim that you know the. Uh, we were the first. I, I just want to say we were the first. Yeah. to do what we did. This is going back. This is going back quite a ways. I'm not sure what year it was, but it was was way before any of it was on YouTube. Well, then it's well, right. it's kind of a different thing altogether too. I mean, we were making river trees, you know, 
with the intention of of you know mass producing these the the eventual output of what people now call river tables right but, right but we had the whole process down the way people do it now is completely backwards it's it's not even the same it's not even the same it's now now i, I guess we should we should back up a little I mean, bit it, it looks it looks similar but it's definitely just shortcutting the the whole process right 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 so yeah we're we're more of a purist approach where this started was uh, the three of us all have a friend in common that has uh, some acreage, and he'd called us up. He's, he's he's got lamb, but he's a little cheap, and he's like, "Hey, I got this tree. Can you guys come get rid of it for me? It's rotted out." And it was I don't know. It was about thirty six, forty inches across. That sounded about right. It was a good sized tree, definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, and the first one. I mean, we we carried on with more, but well, yeah, this was the initial, the initial I mean, we thing. We all fit inside it together, so give you a size there. Well, not comfortably though. It so was it like, wasn't. It was like it wasn't Tetris. like a giant. It wasn't like a giant redwood. Right. Yeah, but I'm never that comfortable with the two of you in the room. So or a tree. Yeah. Or a tree. Uh, I'm, I, you make me uncomfortable all the time. So that that, that goes yeah, without right saying. Now. Right now. But. I, I don't remember whose idea it was, but when we when we took a look inside, somebody said, "Hey, what if we filled this up with something so it was solid again?" And we had, I, mm-hmm. you know, it was we didn't start off with resin. We we had like a whole bunch of different. Like somebody somebody suggested cement, and then I don't know who. I Tom, I think it was you said beeswax, and I, I I didn't think that was a good idea. No, I said I said marshmallows. Tanda said beeswax. Oh, oh, okay, right. okay. Or any and kind, of, or just, any kind of wax. I, I was just, just like we could just melt it and fill it with wax. I I still think filling the whole thing up with Jello would have been cool. I mean that that it, that kind of close to epoxy when you think about been, it. It would have been cool, but it, I don't think it would have like stabilized it and kept it from falling apart yeah. when we tried to carry it off because that no, was sort no, of the intention. Definitely not. Definitely but it would have been fun. And cheaper. It would have been, I think it would have been cheaper long term. Yeah, it would. It would. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we, we somehow or another, we got around to the epoxy resin and we, we chopped the tree down uh, to size because it was it was a sizable tree and the rot was throughout it was about i'd say like a little bit more than 50 percent of the interior was rotted from the from the core out and we got a 10-foot section that to, to work with that we could plug up the ends there wasn't any other holes that that we knew about at the time and uh <laughs> so we found out time. later but that's not the point Famous you know last words. yeah that well so the the problem we had was the rot was not uniform and we had all those chunks of wood that were in and we needed to get the chunks out in order to pour the epoxy in because otherwise it wouldn't like stick to the good wood, you know, we wanted to break off. And this led to a series of interesting ways to get the rotted wood out of the length of this log. Um, whose, whose idea was the porcupine? I, I think it just, I think it just kind of happened. I mean, it wasn't like we had the idea of, Hey, let's go get a porcupine. We were sitting by the campfire that night and a porcupine ambled by. We were discussing 
kind of what if we had a great big like bottle brush that we could clean the inside of it out and knock some of the loose rot out and Tom just leaped up and lassoed the porcupine which may or may not been a good idea because then once you've got a porcupine on the end of a rope yeah uh, what do you do but yeah. we had already stood the, I always keep a lasso on me mm-hmm. and we'd already mm-hmm. stood the tree up and we had a ladder so I mean at first we were just like <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we dangled the porcupine into the tree like a brush one thing led to another PJ grabbed a reciprocating saw we hooked it up we and it worked quite well actually it, it it did but i i still think that the hammer drill worked better once we started spinning them well, instead of putting well for vibrating the porcupine yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but or, i mean the porcupine poor idea porcupine. in general yeah worked, worked well thanks to no you know it, thanks to I, tom's lassoing skills it was really hard never had it it was hard to oh, clean the, the porcupine off, though. Like, after we pulled him out to get the chunks off so we could put him back in, that was that was really difficult. I mean, he was not well, happy. they're self-cleaning. They're self-cleaning. It didn't look like it was cleaning itself to me. Hmm. It looked hmm. like it was yeah, full of rotten good. wood. Yeah, it takes time. It takes time. But they're self-cleaning. Yeah, they get rid of it like one or two quills at a time. Right, 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 right. Well, anyway... Um, it it worked. I mean, it worked. I mean, we, there was no way we were going to find like a wire brush to stick down there that size. It would have would have needed like some kind of industrial sized, you know, three foot wide wire brush that doesn't exist anywhere. Right, right, right. Well, and especially not where we were out out on the farm out there. No, no, Is we would have had a porcupine. Because I like saying porcupine better. Mm, I thought it was porcu. I yeah. thought it was pork up pine. It's not yeah. in any in any case. It's uh, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. who remembers uh, how, how many how many gallons of uh, of epoxy did we use? Because um, I I I can't remember. Was it? Was, well, I don't remember gallons. I'd how ha- many gallons in a barrel? We used three. They were fifty five gallon gallons. barrels. Yeah, so 55 that would have been a hundred and ten plus another close to half a barrel. It was probably twenty five gallons, though. It was carry the niner. It's like yeah, one sixty. So it's probably one hundred and thirty five, hundred and forty gallons to maybe yeah, yeah maybe a hundred and sixty. It was a lot. Yeah. Um. It was a lot. There, there. We well, we didn't really account for the thermal reaction of that much epoxy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, before we go, I mean, we the idea was fill this thing with epoxy, mill it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Am I jumping the gun here? Yeah. You, you mill it, and then you have these beautiful slabs of river table. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a, and, um, still a good idea. Oh, and yeah. you can choose the I thickness. Think, I mean, if you want to go one inch thick, right. two inches thick. Yep. You know, four inches yep. thick. And no hardwood problems. No, you know. You don't have to worry about any, it's... no warping, no wood movement. Right. No, you just, you slice it. You take a torch to it to, uh, you know, re-soften the surface, make it nice and glossy. And and, and the two, Bob's your uncle, you got a river table. And top. the top and bottom are river benches to sit at your river table. So you use it all. You're not, you're not wasting anything because you just flip those right. over with the wood down and the resin up and you have river benches. Um, that 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 was the theory um, and, and, and until we set it on fire. 
by, by accident. I, I didn't. Well, we didn't set it on. It, that's it, not it an com- accurate it description combusted. of what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. epoxy company set it on fire. If anybody set it on fire. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, there should be a warning. Mixing more than, you know, whatever it is, 55, 60, 70, 100 gallons at a time could create exothermic, you know, I, I'm pretty, in it in yeah. you know in pretty sure of, there were there were warnings we just didn't read any of them well, mm, could, I don't know about that could could be I, I did throw out the MSDS sheet yeah yeah well, we, the problem is they put the instructions on the seal where you have to take the seal off on the barrel so once you t- open the barrel you can't even read the instructions anymore it's so stupid I don't read instructions but the second one I mean, we should just move on. The second one was great because we, you know, brought in the liquid nitrogen. We chilled yes. the tree. Yes. Um, well, the, we we also didn't mention the leaking on the first one. You know, when it <laughs> it caught fire and it started to leak, that yeah, was that little tiny really... that little tiny hole that you stuffed uh, Tom's earbud it's like a in. Mini volcano. I mean, really. I mean, it stopped it, but Tom was not happy that you used his earbud to plug the hole because it just was close yeah. and. Yeah. That was high pressure. I didn't realize that was going to happen. That thing shot out like a fire hose. That was not that I, I, I well, a reverse fire hose cuz it was spewing fire, not That's what I'm water. saying. Yeah. Mm, well, like I, a hose of fire. Like a right. like a dragon, like a miniature dragon hole. I I don't know. That Actually, doesn't Actually, I sound. think fire hose would be the right term. Why don't they call them water hoses? We need to get a fireman on the show. Water. I don't know. We should do a fireman show. That's prob that's probably one of those fireman skills. Yeah. Is yeah. knowing why it's called a fire right. hose. Just to reiterate, it's a fireman skill. Fireman is not a skill. It's a person. Anyways. So moving on to the second one. Um the liquid nitrogen really helped. Um i I think we we well, it's it didn't catch fire. But we did split that one in half because we cooled it too quickly. That it was that was an a iterative unforeseen. process. It took yeah. a few trees, but we had yeah. kind of our own little private rot forest. Yeah, yeah. Well, so if you guys are interested in doing this, the the method we found that works best is you have to put the tree on a rotisserie with a bath of liquid nitrogen and just roll it. So that way you're not hitting the whole thing with liquid nitrogen all at once. It's just kind of rotating through. That actually it works out well for the epoxy texture too. It gets this kind of twisty sort of, you know, rivery movement to it, especially if you're using pigments. And, um, and it worked well. Uh, every other one we did after that came out perfect. Um, they are extremely heavy. So if you, if you, you know, be ready with one of those um, a forklift or, or, or a tractor or one of those uh, grabbers. I can't remember what those things are called. Right, like the yeah, like the skyjacks or something. Yeah. Now, yeah. now if you don't, I mean, that's a lot of liquid nitrogen. If I know, you know, if you're a DIYer and you can't afford, you know, a truckload of liquid nitrogen or two. Um, Another approach that we had a lot of fun with didn't work very well because the spinning was inconsistent. But you can just have a pool of of water and just pour lots of dry ice into it, and then just get on the log and and run on it. You know, like like mm-hmm. these log roll mm-hmm. contests. Um, heck of a lot of fun with the added, you know, like 
you know drawback that if you fall in it, it's really it's really cold so off. it's yeah it's quite uh, quite a challenge as well as you know being entertaining and we had one that kind of turned out that's uh, turned well yeah it, it I, I that that's putting it mildly tanda i mean it, it we couldn't use that one it was kind of two river half tables it was it was still liquidy in the middle it, ne- it never fully cured. I mean, something went horribly wrong with that mix. River run table. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like you know, like when you cut into an old piece of pine and the sapwood runs. It was like that, but worse. It reminded me of that gum, you know, speaking of nostalgia, that you Gushers? bite into the, the and the center was liquid. Oh, what the jewel, jewels, the yeah, jewels like gum? Like fresh, fresh, freshen up. No, they were they were square. River table version of freshen up. They were square pieces. They were uh, it was it was uh, I could have swore it was like freshen up. No, it's called freshen up. It is freshen up. Yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. Oh, jewels. You're thinking jewels. The square ones. Jewels with a ch. Yes. Yes. Oh, is this where we're is this where we're supposed to say not to chew on river table epoxy? Oh, definitely don't don't chew on that. Yeah, that's bad for you. I when the when the attorneys were reviewing the, this portion, they said we needed to say that. Yeah. Oh, there were a bunch of brands. Bubaloo. No, not Bubaloo. Wow. The Chewels were the ones. They were square and they had the liquid center, and you, you they were that was that was some good gum. Mm-hmm. That was some, it was terrible for you, but it was delicious. It was all delicious yeah. bursts. Yeah. No. Oh, we oh we were talking river tables. We should wrap that up. If you want to surprise a, a DIYer oh, yeah. friend. Get them, get them a river tree, um, yeah. you know, especially someone that you know that has their own sawmill, and then just kind of spring it on them. Don't tell them it's a river tree. And, man, when they cut that first cut open and they pour some water on it to see how it looks, that genuine surprise. Like, if you really want to get Matt Cremona a birthday present he'll never forget, we get recommend river tree. river tree. Yeah, But if you get him it. a river tree, make sure you put a few nails in the epoxy. He likes that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting discovery when there's a little nail or something in the in the epoxy. And make sure you get him one that's got a big crotch. He loves the crotches. Mm-hmm. He's always saying it every time I see him do stories. Yeah, sure they made something. They made it all up. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Tom, you got anything to wrap up the show? I do. Are you ready for this? No. Well, of course you are. I showed it to you before the show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for paying attention. I just got the center square. Oh no! From Tim Sway. Oh 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 what? yeah yeah that's that's great. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it's the tool that we 100% invented on the show in that segment. Um, and he just took exactly what we said on the show and made a tool. <laughs> yeah. And it came out exactly like we talked about, um, you know, inch for inch here. So <laughs> it's really nice. It's really elegant. It's, it's works well and it's a center finder. It looks like, so it, uh, people can't see things. looks like a paper um, doll. It looks like that Galaga spaceship. It looks Galaga like one spaceship. of those rivet, you know, those rivet spacer tools 
that have like 20 points on it and you stretch it out like an accordion and it tells you where to put 20 rivets in a, in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is not a good example. No. Okay. It looks like one of those, but there's three points on it and it's to find the center of things mm-hmm. without any numbers, without any measurements. Um, he needs it for his luthier skill, his, his, uh, what's luthier? Um, guitar making. Guitar, guitar making. making. Yeah. Finds the center of the neck, finds the center <laughs> of the, a weird shaped guitar. <laughs> I know things. And um, it's really nice. There's a couple other features on it. I don't care to share on here because I have to point to things. But um, I'm I'm impressed. Tim always impresses me, but I am once again impressed with the quality of the tool, the smooth action I mean, these are riveted together. He hand hand riveted. Maybe he has a tool for it, but he riveted all these points together. Oh, I've seen how he's making nicely. them. Yeah, it's it's made I by children. It. He shares it. Oh, that's right. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's employing children. Well, sustain. Yeah, but sustainable children. Let's. Oh know, yeah, you can make more children. It. Well, yeah, you yeah, don't you want those dis- so disposable more. kids are just out of fashion. Organic. I'm pretty sure they're organic. Oh, yes. Uh, Homegrown. I'm teasing, I'm teasing Tim now. He has a very... Um, I don't know how I describe Tim's way. I don't know. He, he cares about things. That's how I t- describe Tim's way. He cares about the earth. He cares about people. He cares about stuff. And it's reflected in everything he does, including, including the packaging, which is cardboard and laser-cut wood and... Um, the, the packaging is very nice. Like, the tool is set into a hardwood, well, plywood, I suppose, um, with a with a cardboard cover. It says, find your center, which is hilarious and meaningful all at the same time. And he just, he does good stuff. Go support Tim Sway. Uh, just Google it. I don't know, newperspectivesmusic.com maybe, but just go, you'll find him. He's easy to find. And buy something, anything. I also got some rulers, some like six-inch uh, rules, not rulers, six-inch rules. I think, what's the difference between a rule and a ruler? The uh, the end? Yes. No, I think that's the difference a between a rule and a scale. Or a, a ruler and a scale. Zero. Yeah. Or is it a rule and a ruler? It's a rule and a I thought a that was the difference a between a ruler and a scale. No, it's a rule. Uh, it's a rule and a ruler because I I read it in the the machine one of those machinist handbooks. They were explaining the difference, and that is it is how it is measured from the end. And I don't remember which is which. But I think a steel well, rule a rule, a rule starts, starts at, at zero. zero. So if yeah, if you touch yeah, so the edge of the rule starts at zero and counts up. A ruler will typically have a gap, so it'll have like a a millimeter or two offset from the end mm. and, and both have their place but these are really nice they're very super small and um i use stuff like this a lot so these are this is a nice upgrade tom did you talk to tim about uh, our royalties for uh, designing is on the show yes uh you are sir pj oh. uh, that's your royalty awesome i like and, that um yes um tanda he he wanted he wanted to know did you want lady or madam Oh, I, I I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Madam, yeah, yeah, yeah Sir I Madam. Think I'm, yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm I'm too old at this point for lady. Yeah, for no, you're always a lady. There's a song about that, and then um, I didn't get a royalty, so he just kind of screwed me out of that one. But oh whatever. man, I forgive him. I, if you if you'd like, I mean, I'm I'm willing to share. 
Do you, are you okay? Are you it. okay? Okay. Yeah, well, Lady Tom, we'll just yes. go ahead and yes. That seems fitting. Well, Thomas, but that seems fitting. Lady Lady Thomas, you... yeah. Yes, yeah. When it's formal, you use my full first name. Right. But thank you, though. Thanks. Yeah. All right. PJ, short and sweet. Uh, you know, um, I, I can't think of anything, so I'm going to go to Tanda. Tanda, do you have anything for short Brilliant. and sweet? Well, we already talked about it. So if anybody's out there and for whatever reason you haven't uh, tuned in to making fun, it it is it is fun. Um, I think they'll they'll do well. Uh, they're getting getting good reviews and lots of lots of views on Netflix. Um, I actually bought Netflix to watch it. I don't have oh, any kind of TV awesome. subscription or anything, um, and I signed up for Netflix so I could so I can go watch them, and so check it out. Very very cool. I like how the the edit is great. They they like to mock other like TV genres. The the like. yeah using well you and the ending the ending hearkening back to some classic film bit of film right. is is right. just kind of you know because the first one it was like oh that's funny and then the second one is like okay so this is a thing this is how they're going to end um, so that that's fun as well. Yep. I've been enjoying well the episodes done. as well. Um, I, I do want to uh, to thank our Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda and uh, Creator Nader, who are our top Patreon supporters. You too can be a Patreon supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash makerskills. And you can catch our secret segment, which, by the way, I had more than one person reach out to me about last week's episode and tell me they wish that there was more they could listen to. And I said, there is more. You could become a Patreon member and listen to the secret segment. And for those of you that haven't, that segment, I believe, is about 40 minutes long, which is probably the longest secret segment we've had so far. And it's, it's basically it, another podcast. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. We, we hit on some, some good stuff there had something to add and now i can't remember what it was oh oh i remember so we were talking about things to watch i just watched last night uh the movie with ryan reynolds free guy the one where he's i just watched that like two days ago yeah this movie is it's awesome it hits all the feels it gets you like it's got all the you know it's totally like special effects ridiculous if you like video games at all, even just a tiny bit, this movie will be like perfect for you. You know, even you know, it doesn't matter what kind of video games. It totally makes fun of the entire genre and mixes in you know all of the humor and action and romance and all of the cool mm. stuff. There's there's a bunch of Easter eggs in there. It's got some funny stuff. Um, and I, I, I really, really enjoy it. It's much better than I thought it was going to be. I've seen movies mm. like this before and just like, they just fall flat. This one totally delivers. So, uh, so go watch free guy. It's, a friend of mine you... just said the same thing. It was like, it exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. They yeah. had a, they I've had a been good popping team up on my YouTube. Uh, if you have Disney plus, uh, it's, it's free. It's a free, it's on Disney right now. So I, 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 as of uh, last week, have Netflix. That's it. Well, <laughs> Tanda, yeah. you should get Disney Plus so you can watch this, but then you can start on the Mandalorian series and then go to the Book of Boba Fett, which is 
absolutely hands down the best Star Wars series to date that's been put out. It's it's better than the movies. It goes it goes way it goes right back to the original trilogy. So I highly recommend that. And I I, I will gripe a little bit because I'm waiting and I don't know what, if they keep removing the release date. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming out this month, but I don't know when. So I'm I'm dying because they, they delayed that for three years. So I really want to watch that. Anyway, we're going to do the secret segment now. We got some uh, we got some secret Tom stuff to talk about if you're interested in Tom stuff. St- we do? Stay tuned. <laughs> oh man. I can't wait. I better figure it out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.